North Point Vineyard Church. Hey everybody, welcome to North Point Online. I'm Nat, this is my friend Mark, and we are about to kick off our virtual service. Uh, Tara is here with some announcements today. Spencer has got a message from God's Word. Uh, but first, we are going to get this thing started with some worship and singing songs to our God. Uh, and so, if you guys direct your hearts there, I will pray and we will get to that. Um, and so, Lord Jesus, we are so thankful that you are a God who is with us, even when we are uh, scattered apart, even when we are not meeting together. God, that you are still in our midst, that we don't have to go to a building with other people to meet with you. And so, God, we pray that you would meet with us here today. Let your kingdom come today, Lord. In your name, amen. Let's sing. One, two, three, four, five, six.
in all of our places. God, that you would show yourself faithful in this time. That your kingdom would come, that your voice would be heard through this time. God, that you would be moving in all of our midst and all of the places where we are, that you would be there. God, come and move. We love you and praise you. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. All right, here's Tara. Hey guys, um, good to see you today. I have a few announcements before uh, we jump into ministry time. Um, so first thing, thanks for being with us here online. I do wanna take a second to extend an invitation to you to join us in person for our outdoor Sunday services. If you and your family are still getting comfortable with the idea of meeting in large group gatherings, um, and or if you're still just more comfortable watching at home, that's totally okay. But I do want you to know that we've put a lot of thought and preparation into our outdoor services. Uh, most people show up wearing masks. We're social distancing. There's hand sanitizer aplenty. Um, and we have a great team that's making sure that we're following our precautions because we're pretty convinced that this outdoor thing is a responsible move for us to take during this time. We're really grateful to have an awesome space to be able to worship together, um, but we wanna make sure that we are being safe. And so here's an invitation for you to come and join us if you're up for it on Sunday mornings. We just moved our Sunday morning service time from 10 a.m. to 9.30. So if you're hoping to be with us in the future, we would love you to show up on time. We moved it back a little bit because we're hoping that it will buy us maybe a little bit more shade, maybe a, a few degrees cooler um, by having services a little bit early. So we would love to see you and your family at one of our outdoor services, um, 9.30 this week. Um, another thing you need to know is that we have made some space in our summer schedule for a few Sundays off. We'll still be here online during those Sundays, but we're not going to be doing the outdoor service thing coming up on August 2nd or September 6th. That's Labor Day weekend. Everyone wants a weekend off. Um, so look for us here online, um, but you won't be able to join us in person on those Sundays. A few other things to make sure that you guys are aware of. There are a few outreach opportunities that we want to be able to present to you guys yet this summer. For the last few months, we've been gathering supplies for our community care outreach. We've partnered with St. Joe Medical Center around town and they've been able to deliver the um, essential items that you all have been collecting and give them out to families that have been affected by COVID here in our community. And as of this last week, we have been able to serve more than 150 families with the donations that you guys have brought in, which is amazing. Um, but we know that this virus is still making its way through our community. So we still wanna be able to help support um, the need that's out there. So keep it on your shopping list and grab things for us like um, Clorox wipes or disinfectant spray, anything that kills germs and viruses, paper towel, toilet paper, even household stuff like dish detergent or laundry detergent, all of that is still so helpful for families who are um, currently struggling with this virus. Thank you North Point for being awesome about that, but keep it up. Another outreach opportunity that we have um, is going to happen through our foster closet. Our foster closet through this whole time has still been able to reach families um, that are supporting kiddos during what is a tumultuous time for them. Um, We're um, hooking 
families up with one-on-one -on -one appointments with the foster closet here at North Point, but we know that there's some limitations in that. And so we're doing something we've never done before. In just a few weeks, we're gonna have a foster closet yard sale here on our backyard. Uh, we're excited to be able to open up the foster closet outside for a bunch of families who might need to gather supplies for kiddos. It's especially important as our kiddos um, are considering heading back to schools. But let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever like thrown a garage sale? It is a lot of work. And we're talking about throwing a garage sale for our whole community. And so we could use some manpower or woman power to help us make this happen. Um, if you follow us on the website or Facebook, um, or if you use your church center app, you can register for a slot um, because we're looking for um, some volunteers the week before to help us prep. So grab your phone, get on church center and register for a time slot so that you um, can help us prepare for our foster family yard sale. That's happening on Saturday, August 8th. We're going to need help that entire week leading up to the event. So um, if you have some extra time, an extra evening, even time during the week that you could come and help, let us know. You can also email us at fostercloset at northpointvineyard.com and we'll get you more info about that event or volunteering at that event. Um, so one more thing for me. I know you guys that this whole COVID thing um, has turned a lot of our world upside down um, and, and it's, it's shaken, shaken things up a little bit and it's upset a lot of our regular routines. Um, but one thing that I've been so grateful to see, church, is that so many of you have continued to stay faithful in the routine of like managing your finances with God's kingdom in mind. Um, week after week, we uh, thank the Lord for you, church, and your faithfulness. Um, not only because you keep giving, but because as we see your financial faithfulness, we know that this is a routine that is like settled and set in your heart as part of your worship to God. So thank you, North Point family, for continuing to support the ministry of this church during a really difficult season. Thank you for digging in during a time of uncertainty. Um, thank you for staying faithful when you had the choice not to. Um, your giving has made ministry happen. Um, it's, it's pushing our church forward during this time of uncertainty and we are so, so grateful. So church family, you know how it works. You can give online through our website. You can use the church center app. You can set up giving through your bank. You can send a check in the mail. Either way, when those funds come in, they are going to the ministry of this church, which is hopefully um, opening up doors for people to experience the kingdom of God here in our community. Thank you guys so much. We love you um, and appreciate all of your support. And now it's time for our message. Um, I'm going to get out of the way in just a minute and I'm going to invite my friend Spencer up to share. Spencer joined us this summer as part of a ministry internship and he's been sharing um, his gifts with us for the last few months. And so um, he's here today to continue um, this service, um, this series that we're in uh, called A Voice in the Wilderness as we walk through um, the book of Isaiah. So here's Spencer. Hey church, it's really good to be able to share with you today. Uh, as Pastor Tara said, I'm your friendly neighborhood intern for the summer and I'm looking forward uh, to continue talking through our series um, through the book of Isaiah. Now to briefly refresh, um, so far we've been doing this for about eight weeks or so and we've been hyper focused in on a section 
from Isaiah 40 through 55. And today, we're going to be closing that section. So, we're going to turn back to the question that centered this entire conversation, which is this. What does God say to people in exile? What does God say to people who are wandering in the desert? To gain some insight into the question, we've been wandering through Isaiah 40 through 55, the section written for Israelites who were exiled in Babylon. And we did this to eavesdrop on what God said to them then with the hope that we may hear a few words of consolation now. This section explores significant aspects of the human condition. It attempts to answer some of the troubling questions many Israelites were asking. It offers words of peace from God, comfort, comfort my people. It shares that God is still with God's people in a faraway land. It rails against the idols that promise to satisfy his needs that they could not satisfy. It rebukes the Israelites for choosing the cheap comforts of Babylon instead of struggling for the shalom, the deep peace of going back and rebuilding what was once Jerusalem. It reminds that God is a God of justice and goodness and joy. If you couldn't tell by how I'm talking about it, Isaiah 40 through 55 is my favorite section in all of scripture. Personally, the past two years have included quite a bit of wandering. I've done my best to follow where God was leading me and in following, experienced a lot of disillusionment. A few friendships that meant the world to me are no more. My first year at graduate school was beyond difficult. And in the midst of all that, there have been too many nights where God was silent. And I haven't even mentioned the pandemic or America's history of racism that has been making itself made more obvious yet again. While I'm definitely not been exiled and want to respect the gravity of that experience, I've been wandering for months by no choice of my own. And it was in the midst of this aimlessness that these passages offered me little morsels of consolation. I say all this up front for two reasons. First, I want to make space for our individual stories. But instead of just telling you to do that, I think it's better to let my actions take the first step to practice what I preach while preaching. Second, I wanna be honest about the difficulty so many of us are facing right now. I have no interest in creating a space during this church service where we all ignore the storm whirling around us. That's fake peace. That's cheap joy. Now, don't get me, don't get me wrong. We're not gonna be sending out messages and emails and asking you to bring your relative confessions. Instead, I'm simply offering an invitation for all of us, myself included, to create some room inside ourselves to be honest. I believe that God has a word for us today and that it is so good and so important that it doesn't require us to hide our circumstances to be effective. And this time, if you so choose, you can simply be. Friends, I invite you to lean in. Today is gonna be a little different. I'm not, going to be, I'm not going to have three points that all start with the same letter. I'm hoping it feels more like an experience than a lecture. I'm simply going to meditate on the last chapter of our section, Isaiah 55. When you listen, don't try to capture every little thing I say, though I'm sure all of it is about to be absolute gold. 
Instead, listen for the words that speak to you in your situation. Listen to where God is giving you what you need. And when you find that spot, receive and receive generously. Friends, let's take one more service in this section from 40 to 55 to listen to what God says to people who are wandering. But before we do, let's pray. Lord, speak to us now. We ask not for cool ideas. We ask not for simple insights. We ask that you meet us here and that we experience something beyond words, that we experience something beyond ideas. I pray that that experience changes us. Come, Lord. Friends, I'm gonna share a poem. And if you're comfortable, I wanna encourage you to close your eyes and just listen. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a ruler and commander of the peoples. Surely he will summon nations you know not. And nations you do not know will come running to you because of the Lord your God. For he has endowed you splendor. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them and to our God for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts and your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth, making it bud and flourish so that there is seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and will achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the juniper Instead of briars, the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. This poem is God talking to the Israelites. It's Isaiah 55, and it's my favorite chapter in all of Scripture. Friends, there's so much here that I would love to talk about. 
Um, if you don't believe me, a friend of mine who was preaching on this passage a few months ago asked me to share a few thoughts about it because she knew I liked it. Notice how she said, few. I proceeded to lecture her for almost 45 minutes without interruption. If I had it my way, this sermon would be three hours long, but Pastor Tara warned me that she brought a paintball gun today, and if I start going long, she plans to use it. 30 minutes. So I'll provide only my most essential thoughts. More than anything, I want you to hear this. Isaiah 55 acts as a sending song for the Israelites who are on their way home. It summarizes the vision of flourishing that God has for the Israelites specifically and for the world more generally. It shares with poetic clarity the very heart of God. And what does God say in that sending song? Does God say, yeah, okay, I forgive you this time, but next time you better not mess up. Does God say, your flesh is evil and you must hate yourself to be good? Does God say, don't forget to tithe? No, no. God says, come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters and you with no money, Come, buy and eat. God says, I am committed to giving you something that will truly satisfy. And by the way, it's all free, no charge necessary. Talk about a welfare system. God must have failed out of business school or something. God shows incredible sensitivity or, if you will, spensitivity. Anybody? Anyways, God shows incredible sensitivity to human need and desire. God doesn't focus on shame and guilt. God focuses on goodness and joy, on those things that fulfill us. Why do you labor on what does not satisfy? This is so different from the picture of God most of us have been given. Imagine this analogy. You go into a pastor's office and you're struggling deeply. You muster up the courage to confess some secret sin. You begin to cry as you share. And after you open up about this big sin, the pastor looks you in the eyes and says, you are forgiven. God loves you deeply. Do you mind if I order some sushi or something? To be sure, the pastor doesn't ignore the sin. The pastor doesn't ignore your need to be seen and forgiven, but she doesn't focus on the shame and guilt of it all. There's a focus on something else. In this case, good, good food and community. Or here's a more vulnerable example. There have been seasons of my life where I struggled with pornography. During one of those seasons, I made a commitment to myself that if I looked at it again, I would have to go to the most important spiritual mentor in my life at the time, my grandpa, also fun fact, Nat's grandpa, and confess to him, well, that commitment was bold enough to keep me away from it for a while, but because of loneliness or anxiety or something else, I turned back to an idol that would never fulfill me. The next morning, I walked just down the road to my grandpa's house. I was horrified. I shuffled into his living room. He and grandma were watching the tigers. I asked to talk to him in the kitchen and confessed in between sobs. After I composed myself, put his arms on both of my shoulders 
looked me in the eyes and said, Spencer, I think that devil has you convinced that you're a lot worse than you actually are. He told me I was forgiven, embraced me for a while, and then we talked baseball. Friends, hear me. God does not look at people who are thirsty and condemn them for their thirst. God does not condemn people who are hungry and being misled end up only eating junk food. God does not try to shame people into doing what is right. God argues that innate goodness of God offers is reason enough to follow. God's own goodness is the reason to follow God. Listen, listen to me and eat what is good, God says. Let the wicked forsake their ways. Let them reject junk food and delight in the richest affair. Now, for how much I'm speaking about goodness and from my general hipster aura, this may seem like some super mega, super mega lib crazy progressive gospel message. And it may feel this way because it's such a divergence from what many of us have been taught in the past. But here's the thing. In this passage, God makes it crystal clear that this has always been the core of God's plan. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. God has always centered on goodness and joy from the very beginning. And God's goals are not only for the care of the Israelites, it's for all peoples, all peoples, for the outcasted, for the illegal immigrants. Silly phrase. Those people who struggle with addiction or homelessness, for all people who are oppressed, this message is for everyone. Surely you will summon nations you know not. It hints at a question. When Israel has stopped its wandering, how will it respond to those who wander, who wander often by no choice of their own? It's here I need to take a moment to return to my intro. When I began writing this sermon, I'll be honest, guys, I was really angry at God, angry about all that's going on in the world, angry about how hard my time at school was, angry about the silence of God, angry about so many other things. And friends, there are part of me even now that are angry. I wondered how I could preach a sermon about fulfillment when I felt so dry when I felt so thirsty. And for a while, I didn't even know if I could preach a sermon with integrity and be experiencing what I'm experiencing in my personal life, my spiritual life. But then I remembered something, and it changed how I viewed all of this. This passage, Isaiah 55, these promises were not written to people who were comfortable, to people who were satisfied. This was not written to people who had already experienced the goodness of fulfillment. Instead, this was written to people in a spiritual desert, people who were thirsty. These are not the words spoken to people who are living in the comfort of a white picket fence with a couple of cars and 2.3 children. This is written to exiles. And if and if it could be spoken honestly in a situation as dramatic as exile, then surely there is something for me who 
who's experiencing something so much less. God says again and again, my ways are higher than yours. I don't take this to mean that God causes or plans everything that happens. It just doesn't. It doesn't mean that God thinks your suffering is illegitimate. It's actually the opposite. Because God's ways are higher than ours, we can both trust God and hold God to God's word in moments when we find ourselves in the desert. God says, my word will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Meaning, it is God's responsibility to make wrong things right, not ours. Meaning, we only need to turn to God and wait and act, and we need not feel the crushing weight of not having it all together. Friends, this is not easy. As I mentioned before, I am well acquainted with, a dis with disillusionment and the silence of God. But in those moments, I still believe that this holds true. That's what faith is, right? Not the rejection of your experience, not the rejection of your mind, but the strange trust you feel pulled to as you sit honestly in the midst of those experiences. If this passage outlines the very heart of God and it was written by and for a group of people who were exiled, then we can turn to these words for consolation in our times of need. As the section closes, what does God say to the Israelites? You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. God blesses them and shows them what will one day be their satisfaction. Mountains and hills will burst into song. All the trees of the field will clap their hands. And why does God do this? Why does God bless? For God's own renown. Because God gets joy in blessing people, in being known as a God who blesses people. As we close our time in this part of Isaiah, it's important to notice one more thing. This is the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible. We've only had a few examples. We've, we've had only a few examples in our past sermons from the New Testament. Almost everything has been focused on the Hebrew Bible, on the Old Testament. The Bible is a complex thing, especially the first two-thirds. But isn't it interesting that the section of the Bible that is often talked about as being archaic or angry or wrathful speaks so much beauty and truth? I mean, it almost feels like something Jesus would say. Don't believe me? Well, listen for the echoes in this expression. Come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. That's Jesus talking. You can hear it. Come, come. So friends, as we close this section of our series, I wanna ask one last time, what does God say to people who are wandering in the desert, to people who are covered in confusion, in disillusionment, for people who don't know exactly how things are gonna end? What does God say to those people? 
people who are thirsty, people who are struggling, people who do not know how things will end, do not know if they will be satisfied. What does God say? God says, come, all you who are thirsty. As Nat joins me up here and we close the service, I'm going to say a brief prayer and invite you to join in a corporate meditation on this passage. It's very simple. I'm going to read it for you again and invite and, and ask you to, to reflect on the words that stick out to you. Let God speak to you through these words. Ask the Holy Spirit to ask which words are for you and then take them as your own. Sound good? All right, we're going to pray and then we'll turn to the meditation. Let's pray. Lord, I have very few words. The only few that I have are words that acknowledge that things right now for so many people are really hard. The few words I have are words of desperation. We need you to come and satisfy. And so as we turn now, ask you to speak directly. Please, Lord. Please. Amen. You can close your eyes if you'd like. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy, and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good. Uh, listen, give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a ruler and commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon nations you know not, and nations you do not know will come running to you because of the Lord your God, for he has endowed you with splendor. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them and to our God for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. As rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth, making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty accomplish what I desire and will achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace.
mountains and hills will burst into song before you and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the juniper. Instead of myrtle, instead of briars, the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, an everlasting sign that will endure
that lay between us How high the mountain I could not climb In desperation I turned to heaven And spoke your name into darkness your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul the work is finished the end is written Jesus Christ my Jesus Christ.
Yes, Jesus. Lord, we are so grateful that you came to fulfill all your promises. Um, that you came to set the captives free. That you came uh, to quench the, the, the lips of the thirsty, Lord. Um, Lord, and we are grateful that we can boldly approach your throne. with almost <laughs> reckless abandon, um, knowing that when we come into your arms, Lord, um, you will simply say to us that how much you love us. Oh. Jesus, you are so good. Um, and we bless your name this morning, this evening. Um, and we love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That's it, everybody. Um, spend some time with that chapter this week. Um, it really, really is a good one. It's one of my favorites, too. Might run in the, run in the family, I guess. Um, but stay safe. We love you guys. Um, see you soon. Bye.